This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Fubar Radio presents. Fubar Radio presents politics on Fubar. Good afternoon and welcome to Politics on FUBAR. I'm Asa Bennett and it is uh, quite an exciting time to present the politics show now given that we are on the eve of the election, decision time nears and obviously the one differential factor on what's going to decide the result, if it's going to be a hung parliament perhaps that Jeremy Corbyn might be able to cobble a coalition together that could propel him into power or whether it be a Tory majority, the one crucial factor is what the young people think. Well, you know, given that the pollsters, they have all these differing outlooks, perhaps, you know, that might, Jeremy Corbyn might win, he might do badly, we'll have to see. The one question is they have different estimates on youth turnout. And so with that in mind, our topic this week is young voters and how what their decision process will be. Will they engage in this election or not? And so, as well as that, to explore this theme further, I'll have an extended interview with Captain Scar, well, Jake Painter, precisely, the founder of the band, behind the song, which, you know, behind the song which has electrified social media um, by capturing sort of the youth's anger with Theresa May. Liar, liar, the 2017 general election special. And so we'll be talking to him about his piece, which has hit rocked the charts. I think it's the last time I checked, it was at number two, and you know the BBC can't really play it due to impartiality guidelines and you know Ofcom rules, but but we can. And finally, we'll have a debate with exploring the week's question: Will celeb culture and media hype influence young voters enough to affect the outcome of the election? And be sure, as you're listening to the program, to tweet us at Fubar Radio uh, or email politics at fubarradio.com with your thoughts if you'd like to comment on anything, and we'll weave it into the show as we go on. And indeed. As the final days have approached, it's a curious election campaign because Theresa May launched it, framing it as a matter of uh, you know the Brexit process going wrong, perhaps. In her view, she said that the EU and the parties at home, Liberal Democrats, Labour, etc., wanted to frustrate her from getting a good deal. And so for that, she wanted a commanding mandate from the British people so she could hammer it through and make sure Britain leaves the European Union in style. And indeed, the subject line has changed since then, though obviously due to the very, very tragic attacks in London Bridge and Manchester. The themes like security have had to come to the agenda, which Labour have very much leapt on to try and talk about things like police cuts instead, in that they pointed out this uh, figure they've hammered home very much indeed over the last few days of 20,000 police officers uh, you know, being cut and the reduction in the police force, they would argue, being sort of indicative of the weakening security under the government and due to austerity and public services. Is that sort of ideal message they want to push? Conversely, the, the Tories would point out then that they, they'd be just point and laugh at Jeremy Corbyn and say, why would we take lectures from you? Look at your history of, you know, larking around with all sorts of, you know, shifty, ne'er-do-well folk, you know, sort of suspected IRA to terrorists, Hamas, Hezbollah, you name it. They found an extremist who once shared a platform with Jeremy Corbyn and all the rest. And in, in meanwhile, they have had tried been able to do the same for John McDonnell, who has said that we should be sort of honouring the bombs and bullets of the IRA and Diane Abbott, the Shadow Home Secretary, who has had a bit of a difficult time, actually, as of late, um, which has meant that she, uh, sort of given a sort of brain fade, to put it politely, um, that she had in a recent interview about uh, labour and security, and that she stumbled over her words, wasn't quite sure about the contents of uh, a report into security in London, commissioned by Sadiq Khan, by uh, Lord Harris. And um, as a result, people sort of thought, was she really up to it? Now, oddly, she's taken a sort of 
temporary leave of absence as Shadow Home Secretary, and she's been replaced by someone called Lynn Brown. Obviously, um, you know, some people have uh, raised an eyebrow about this apparent illness, given that uh, Diane, she sort of missed a key vote on the Brexit process um, due to, she claimed, a very serious migraine coming on. But nonetheless, I'd just like to say we all would wish her well, indeed, with a good swift recovery. Anyway, back on to business. Uh, I'm given the election campaign and how I was saying earlier that the key differential is going to be sort of young voters, will they engage or not? Um, there is it is interesting this because we've taken a poll on how how you're all thinking about uh, this election and it's well it doesn't fill me with huge optimism about how engaged young people are in a sense because we asked you know will celeb culture and media hype influence young voters will they be affected how will it affect the election outcome and about half of you sort of said yes you know you're engaged Jezza and JME forever and it's sort of Sadly, then a similar half has said, no, you either still can't be fucked or, ah, shit, I forgot to register. Those are the answers you were giving. And it's interesting that because then research does suggest recently from uh, very authoritative numbers coming out that about sort of half, again, of people who are under 30 are estimated to be interested in voting or certain to vote in this election, which kind of makes you then think, you know, if Jeremy Corbyn wants to have this sort of youth quake, as people sort of call it, you know, is it going to happen or is it just going to be lackluster, a damp script? We'll have to see. Nonetheless, I, it was my pleasure to explore this shortly with Matteo Bergamini from Shout Out UK. He's very passionate about getting young people involved in politics. But first, let us remind ourselves of that moment when Theresa May called the general election. I have just chaired a meeting of the Cabinet where we agreed that the government should call a general election to be held on the 8th of June. Last summer, after the country voted to leave the European Union, Britain needed certainty, stability and strong leadership. And since I became Prime Minister, the government has delivered precisely that. And as we look to the future, the government has the right plan for negotiating our new relationship with Europe. At this moment of enormous national significance, there should be unity here in Westminster. But instead, there is division. The country is coming together, but Westminster is not. In recent weeks, Labour have threatened to vote against the final agreement we reach with the European Union. The Liberal Democrats have said they want to grind the business of government to a standstill. The Scottish National Party say they will vote against the legislation that formally repeals Britain's membership of the European Union and unelected members of the House of Lords have vowed to fight us every step of the way. FUBAR Radio presents The Hannah Whitton Show. Today I have Scarlett with me. I mean, the the polls are closing, but also like... Oh, really? I remember 2015. We were so hopeful. Yeah. I'm like scared. Like, I feel like a person who's been through a lot of horrible relationships that have just absolutely damaged them and now they're going into a new one and they're just scared. Yeah, it's like, can we not just be single for a bit? Yeah, because <laughs> like, I'm so terrified. Like, I don't want to get my heart broken again. Yeah. Like, what happened last year? Like, so many disappointments. I don't want to go through that again. Every Wednesday. The Hannah Whitton Show. From 6pm. FUBAR Radio. And welcome back. It's Asa Bennett here and it is my pleasure to welcome Matteo Berganini to the studio and uh, to talk about young voters. And he's from the organisation Shout Out UK, which is a multi-award-winning independent youth news platform that provides young people with the tools necessary to engage in politics. Welcome. Thank you. Now, you were looking at the... Uh, well, you were remarking before we went live again that um, the poll we've taken with people sort of saying, oh, 
shit, I've got to register. You know, sort of, oh, oh dear. Like, how are you feeling about this, seeing our results, that people... There's a mixed outlook as we yeah. look towards the election, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. It's, I think it was on, on your polls currently about 20, just over 20% or something like that. I yeah. I remember now. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit disheartening because there's been so much drive towards getting young people engaged, engaged to vote and so forth. And it's like everyone's sort of really gearing up and so forth. And then it's like you forget to register. It's like hmm. getting ready for a party and then not, not turning up. It's like, why? Oh, indeed. Why, why? I mean, why, why do you think they forgot to turn up then? Is it uh, that it was an organizer too early for them as a deadline? Were they wrong footed or did they just not even get the invite? I, th- I think a lot of people didn't. Um, I think a lot of it is didn't get the invite, didn't quite understand wh- how to register, what to do. Um, and the government recently changed it from sort of you know households being able to register to individuals having to register. I think that had a huge impact on specifically mm. sort of my generation, young people. Mm. Um, and I think that 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 had a massive impact, had a no. massive effect. Okay, because then what, what else would you think has been uh, having an effect on this? Because um, there, are, there are a couple of stories I think you want to sort of highlight. Mm. And uh, I had an interesting one here from The Guardian. Um, who will decide the UK's future? Warning as funding for youth vote campaigns slashed. I mean, would you say that's maybe uh, crippled the ability to really get the word out to people? Um, I would have said that at the beginning when the article came out. But if you look at the efforts of organisations like, you know, the British Youth Council, mm. by the ballot, etc., they have done incredible work. Your own organisation um, included, perhaps. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to sort of uh, plug myself in there a little bit with Shout Out UK. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the youth organisation, the youth sector has mm. done huge amounts for uh, the little amount that's been given by, by, by government actually to do this. So I think... Yes, it was crippled, and maybe you know we could have done a mild load more um, if we were given the funding that we that we actually needed. But I think they've done incredible work, and we've done incredible work to actually get that get awareness out there in sort of very very uncon- you know unconventional ways. If you look at by the ballots, mm. constant sort of stream of weird and fascinating artworks. Um, so I, I don't know if it's had the impact that that the Guardian originally intended in in, in May. When it, when it first I mean, because they, they probably, I mean, a cynical person might wonder if there's a sort of voter suppression, perhaps, you know, of sorts. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't be thinking that necessarily, but then it, it's, it follows perhaps that if young people aren't so engaged, I mean, they tend to be more sort of liberal, labour leaning in a sense, so it's better for the, for the government, no? Yeah. And if we were down down to go down the road of sort of conspiracy theories, and they're always fun to theorise. I mean, you uh, go into any corner of Twitter and you'll find this theory. Well, exactly. I, I mean, ninety percent of the internet is is conspiracy theories or um, hmm. or, or other things that we probably shouldn't mention on air. But um, I mean, I mean, there is there is a hint on that because you know the majority of young people will naturally swing Labour. Yeah. Um, I think you know there's that idea that if you're younger, you tend to vote Labour, and then when you get older, you tend to vote Conservative when you become a lot more. Why cynical do you think that it. is? I mean. I mean, I don't know if it's true. I, I, I personally don't think it is true. Hmm. Um, I just think we're living in a different time. And I think a lot of young people, when we sort of grow up, we're not just going to casually start voting Conservative. I think hmm. the idea being that you get a lot more cynical as you get older and you think, well, forget everyone else. I'm just going to think of hmm. myself. I mean, because I've, I've heard um, there's two phrases that stick in my mind. Yeah. Uh, one that was, um, you know, someone saying, you know, if, you ha- if you're not a socialist when you're under 30, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative when you're over 30, you have no head. Head. And uh, someone else, I think, saying Margaret Thatcher, perhaps, that um, what makes someone a conservative is when they have to start paying tax. I mean, do, do you sort of recognise any of this, or is it all? Just I mean, rubbish? yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I recognise it. I don't. I don't generally subscribe to it. I think yeah. a lot of what we're seeing with all that rhetoric is that it's starting to break down because you know this idea that 
the Conservative Party is better with the money. Hmm. Um, Labour Party are good at spending the money and all this kind of stuff. And what the Labour Party and Conservatives used to represent back then, I think it's all being broken down. And reality is the parties don't you know, represent this stuff. Hmm. Um, a really you know, crucial example is the Conservative parties have massively increased our national debt hmm. while at the same time selling off a load of our assets. And you sort of think, well, when you're selling stuff, surely you should have more money. So something doesn't hmm. quite add up there. Um, so I think a lot of these kind of old notions of what these two parties or what these two ideals used to have, I think they just they just are starting to break break down a little bit, hmm. um, and people just don't see it anymore. I mean, obviously, politics are changing in a sense mm. in that way. Um, although some people might say we're actually still remaining in a kind of two party political system, given the failure of minor parties to cut through. Uh, well, they've been struck by this article from the New Statesman um, talking about the strange neglect of political education and how to revive it. I mean, do you think then maybe people just aren't being taught to be engaged in that way? Should it, is it the fault of the syllabus that they? Hundred percent. I mean, this is sort of our sort of bread and butter. We shameless plug run a political literacy course in hmm. schools to give young people the tools necessary to engage. So, hmm. learning about the voting system, how to engage in local and national politics, etc. Um, and I think one of the major issues is that we're not taught any of this hmm. in schools. You know, and without that, you sort of hit eighteen when you're regist- when you're able to register to vote, and you suddenly think, well, actually. You know, society tells us that we should have all this knowledge and information rain down upon us as if we're sort of having this epiphany of, of information. Mm. When in reality, of course, that doesn't work. And what we end up doing is fumbling through life and eventually picking up things that we know because either we've been in contact with someone who's told us something that's half true or whatever else. We're getting all of our information from somewhere else. Mm. Um, God forbid any, any of the red top papers. Um, and we don't have any sort of grounding of political education because it, does, it just doesn't exist in the curriculum. Now, we had citizenship. Mm. Um, and we all know how that went. And I think a, a major issue with apathy among young people is that we're not taught any of this stuff. So we don't know it. So when hmm. you have campaign or voter registration drives that try and get young people engaged, they're fighting an uphill struggle because it's like, you need to vote. Why? And it's all that stuff should have been answered in education. It shouldn't be hmm. you hitting 18. It's tempting to say that, although I would put to you the question, surely why are older people so much better at voting then? I think one is because, like what I said, you know, you hit 18 and suddenly you don't have any of this information. And as you mm. get older, you experience... But they'd have been taught so- similar things. They'd have been taught, you know, queen and country, you know, Britain is there and the history. They'd have similar knowledge of history, you might imagine. Or has the syllabus changed so much that it's got worse? They are less uh, engaged and less, have less reason to sort of care these days. I would say it's, it's two things. I'd say one, it's because... When you get older, you have you have spent more time on this planet, so naturally you will have more experiences which will push you towards voting or towards engaging in, in society mm. because you see how it affects you in, in, in real terms. Um, if you're not educated in, in school, you won't have that at the beginning, so you have to learn that as you go. Mm. The second thing I also think is that generations prior to us lived in different times. You know, you have... Um, you know, if you talk about my grandparents, for example, they remember the war or the aftermath of the war and why it's so important to have a democracy that works and people engage in it. Hmm. Secondly, my parents, for example, remember, you know, the Berlin Wall, remember the Cold War, remember these kind of massive political movements hmm. which didn't really exist when I was growing up. And hmm. I think that is what made people engage more from those generations. Hmm. And what you're getting from sort of my generation and so forth is that politics wasn't this big fight between the left or the right which we used to have or wasn't anything drastic or any drastic change happening maybe mm. now things will change with Corbyn and obviously Trump with, with in the US 
But I think that has a massive impact on why a lot of young people just don't see the relevance of politics. Hmm. And it obviously doesn't affect them directly. Recent history has seen that, mm. you know, Clegmania, for example, yeah. young people were keen on him, then they didn't really bother. And then sort of, we look at Ed Miliband, he was polling better among young people, and then he lost again. I mean, the final question, are you optimistic that things are going to change this election? Um, yes, they're not. You know, I don't. I don't know if Jeremy Corbyn will will win. Hmm. Um, I'm a little bit of an optimist, so I think Labour might might be able to stretch it if young people do turn out to vote. Hmm. Um, that's obviously a massive if. Yes. Um, I do when I say that they will turn out to vote, but history proves me wrong. Um, so let's see. I mean, I, I I'm optimistic because the thing is, even if Labour loses, hmm. what Corbyn and Labour and, and these kind of things represent is that politics has suddenly become a hell of a lot more interesting. Absolutely. And because of that, people will become more engaged. I think. Well, it's great to see. I'm, I'm sure uh, you know the results will be fascinating, nonetheless. Thank you hmm. so much for your time, Matteo. Thank you. And so. Uh, coming up next, we, you know, obviously, first off, if you're interested in that, by the way, feel free to tweet uh, at Fubar Radio or email at politics at com. But coming up next, we'll be having an in-depth interview with Jake Painter of Captain Scar, the band behind the song called Liar Liar for this general election about Theresa May. Now, if you haven't heard it before, it's, uh, we can play the song for you right now. And that was Liar Liar, the general election anthem, if you've been listening to it on the internet and beyond. Obviously, you can't hear it on the BBC because guidelines mean they can't play it, but we can play it right here, and we just did. And nonetheless, it is my pleasure to welcome the brains behind the song, Jake Painter, of the Captain Scar, this very same band. Welcome. Thank you. Now, obviously... It's, it's quite clear the sort of the message of the song, perhaps. I mean, and uh, indeed, Theresa May, the Prime Minister, the subject of it, had commented on the song the other day, saying she was, I believe, not happy with the contents and, uh, you know, explaining that, well, you know, you wouldn't like to be called that, would you, sort of thing. She said it in an interview with Newsbeat, I believe. I mean, how do you feel uh, on knowing you've incurred the Prime Minister's displeasure? Well, um, she might like the song, but... Uh I think I can speak for the whole band and everyone that's probably downloaded it, is that there's a lot of people that don't like Theresa May's policies. Uh, There's a whole generation of young people in this country who have been just thoroughly let down over the last seven years. Uh, There are so many reasons to not like Conservative policy and and not trust her, they say. So Mm. um, I'm I'm glad we've managed to get a response, but um, even more glad that we've got the message out wider. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I mean, the BBC weren't very pleased themselves. Uh, I think you did an interview on the Victoria Derbyshire show where they were sort of very keen for you not to sort of talk about it too much, I believe. I mean, what was that like? Well, I I think the the broader point with this is that this ludicrous idea that... um, you know, we get to an election and all of a sudden we've got these very strict rules when mm. um, so much research um, shows that across the last few years there's been clear and consistent bias. Mm. Um, media reform have uh, published a great study showing that the, the bias against Corbyn has been pretty overwhelming. LSE have done a great study on it. Um, Sonny Hundal wrote the other day in The Independent um, a really nice piece about why these Ofcom rules are just really not worth the paper they're written on. So you can't have this bias throughout the year and then suddenly get to election time and say, hang on a minute, we've got these really strict rules. We're going to sort of forget what's been happening for over the last period. Mm, I mean, I suppose they, they have been very nervous about these things. So I remember in the past, after Margaret Thatcher died, they didn't want to play that song, like, sort of, Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, because of similar sort of concerns. Although, um, if I can ask about the sort of substance of the song, of course, yeah. perhaps. Um, obviously, you know, liar, liar, as we know, uh, and you point out sort of the snap election, sort of U-turn, as it were, uh, among other things. I mean, 
is it, young young conservatives listening might then say to you but hang on you know she she explained why she changed her mind that wasn't a lie may have been true at the time and now something else is true no you know the message of the song is that you can't trust theresa may mm. and just look at the record if um i've had so many people from the disabled community contact the band and just say you know what this government have done uh is absolutely appalling and for me it's the message out that you they're meant they're saying they're a government for everybody but they're not they're a government for the rich making policies for the rich Hmm. um it's, it's, it's unacceptable but if we talk about political lying um what about something different, perhaps? Like, let's say Labour moderates, you know, sort of Sani Khan and whoever. They, they, they all have on record as saying, you know, Jeremy Corbyn should stand down. His leadership is untenable. And now, you know, Sani Khan has endorsed him to be prime minister, it seems. And others have, you know, joined his shadow cabinet. And some might say they've changed their mind. You know, others might say, hang on, they're lying through their teeth, surely. Well, um, you know, if that's the way that people feel, then, mm. um, you know, they're perfectly willing to they can go out and uh, start a band and write mm. a song about it. And um, yeah, it, that's, may not, that's, that's it may the, not catch quite as a... It might not catch straight away. But I, yeah. that um, is one of the things we're so pleased about is that I think so many people have downloaded it and viewed it really mm. because it's, it's caught the sentiment of um, people in the country. And I think people are just so frustrated with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But then obviously... The, the last few years have seen a, a curious challenge trying to turn that tr- frustration into action. In a, um, if I remember rightly, your, your first iteration of this song was 2010, That's wasn't right, it? Yeah. Sort of David Cameron uh, right. being in the firing line. And obviously, that, to put it bluntly, that didn't stop him getting in. It didn't stop him getting in, um, but things have gotten worse in hmm. the last seven years. The NHS is being run into the ground the cuts to social care police schools uh, have gotten worse hmm. um young people's hopes and aspirations are at an all-time low hmm. so yeah the original song of course didn't stop him getting in in fact that wh- when i wrote the original song he was already in so hmm. so yeah it didn't. Oh, dude, pardon me. Um, yeah. yeah so he, he was already in um but you know really the point of, of this band um and in particular the song is to get the message out to as big an audience as possible and hmm. get these points across uh, that we make in the song. Hmm. I mean, because there, there's a... I mean, do you think that it's just appealing then to people already believe believe in the sort of Jeremy Corbyn's message? Then, or Because obviously the, the challenge with campaigns is, you know, how do you persuade the those who aren't quite paying much attention that are disaffected? Well, it's it's um, it's not a pro-Corbyn song. Hmm. Such, it doesn't uh, tell you to go and vote out for any particular party. It's sure. An, it's got an anti-Tory message. Um, I think... If you look at um, who downloads music hmm. in the top 40, it's, they're certainly mostly the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of them have heard it and changed their mind or anything like that, um, mm. but I, I do know that it's, for me, the important thing is getting young people to go out and vote. There's clear, there's great data showing that young people want the Tories out. Mm. There's also great data saying that they don't tend to vote in mass. So... Um, part of the you know message behind this song is go out hmm. and vote i mean it's also fascinating them comparing music for you know sort of anti-tory anti-may and obviously they said you know with margaret thatcher as prime minister you know sort of comedy and uh, sort of music was really revived at that point you know the sort of punk movement against her and all the rest in the same way if you think about music now i mean the closest to a kind of uh, music tune that, that went anywhere from right-wing parties was the UKIP Calypso, which I think Mike Reed did, in a sense. Why do you think music is more vibrant uh, when it's kind of anti-Tory, more sort of uh, at least progressive alliance style in motive? So, well, Can I they think, not do I think tunes? Most, I think most, most musicians 
are probably certainly in the sort of more I'm I'm from a, I'm a freelance musician yeah. so I do all sorts of things aside from Captain Scar and lots of my colleagues are you know from a very wide range of backgrounds and I think you know that if you've experienced kind of real life uh, I think that probably you you end up hmm. seeing the gritty reality living For example, on the bread oh, my, my, yeah. my fellow colleagues um, uh, I'm not saying we're all kind of living on the breadline or living in poverty but hmm. you know it's it's a struggle living in London, being a musician, or hmm. doing all sorts of things in London is is a struggle. Rents, mortgages, all those things are very, you know, high. It's very hard to hard to pay for those sort of things. Hmm. Um, so I think you know people see the reality in a day day to day life of actually how difficult it is, and that probably lends them to think, hang on a minute, this isn't working for me. Hmm. I mean, uh, did you see the um, last night's Corbyn rally that he held up in? Uh, I think it was sort of. Birmingham, I think it was. It was beamed everywhere. I mm. mean, there's, there's a curious virality in the Corbyn campaign now, and that sort of... I'm sure you've seen the websites like Evolve Politics and The Canary, that I think have been sharing your song mm. as well. I mean, why do you think he's sort of struck such a chord in that sense? I mean, and also, are, are you um, personally sympathetic towards him, or are you sort of, I don't know, a green or well, something else? Well, I've... I've um, why there's so many people going to Corbyn's rallies is, yeah. is, is cl- clearly people are just really dissatisfied with mm. what's going on. And I think... To a certain extent, uh, there, there's a groundswell of people. The media hate Corbyn. Hmm. They absolutely hate him. He's had terrible coverage. But I think if you're a sort of regular person living in England, working hard, you know, t- life is really tough at the moment. Hmm. And um, I think that's why people see him as a beacon of hope. As to where I'm voting, I've always kept my own voting intentions private. As Fine. I'm, yeah, but um, you know, my we can message, rule out the Tories. Yeah, you can you can rule out the Tories. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Kip. Of course. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, it's interesting. Because uh, obviously, looking forward to the future, I mean, we, we, I mean, I was talking earlier in the show about how, despite the sort of uh, Jeremy Corbyn's appeal to young people and how he's polling better with them, it's, sort of the, it's not looking certain like they're necessarily going to go sort of charge down to the polling booth on Thursday and get him in or sort of clobber the Tories. I mean, what's your message in that sense to, to young people listening now? I mean, the, the most important thing across the next 24 hours is to go out and vote um and not just young people there's been a great campaign to phone your grandparents and you know i'm going to be speaking to my grand tonight she's actually a labor voter but um it's so important uh, mm. going out and voting is actually what counts uh, you can write all the songs in the world and uh you know they can get to the top of the charts but at the end of the day if you don't vote your voice isn't going to count mm. that's definitely a good message and uh, obviously one you know i'd, I'd agree with and because uh, if not obviously the you know disenfranchisement we're going to risk seeing over the next few years will be huge particularly with brexit i mean because that's my final question perhaps um you know they always the liberal democrats labor and all that like to say you know the british people sold a lie in that sense so do you feel that maybe in a few years time you might be having to do a sort of brexit themed liar liar song if not i mean what's the idea in the pipeline in the next few years do you, well, if not because <laughs> obviously if it's um, prime minister corbyn you wouldn't have any reason to do a liar liar song you'd think we'll, you know? we'll, we'll, we'll disband the band and um li- live in in utopia um yeah uh, so um going going forward um hmm. one of the things that we've been talking about for a long time is um i must just mention actually the people's assembly against austerity hmm. an amazing campaign campaign group who have really helped promote the record um and we've talked in sort of general terms about maybe uh making a wider platform for other artists um but in the very near future um we've got a gig tonight in brixton the brixton jam it's the liar liar launch gig and we're doing we're filming a massive uh crowd sing-along um which will go out on our youtube channel next week so if you've got 
nothing else to do tonight and you're not canvassing um come along and uh, have a get, get your voice heard all right i'm sure people will be coming in droves tonight then so thank you very much jake My and pleasure. uh sort of that was captain scar sort of i was about to say himself but you know the, the man behind we, captain scar there's yeah. quite a few behind one, it but yeah. one of many sort of, we are a team sort of uh for the many not the few and that you might say but anyway thank you very much and have a good afternoon my pleasure and so uh, next up, we're going to have a studio debate on young voters. We'll be joined in the studio by Fraser Myers, contributor to Spiked Online, Lorna Greenwood of the 38 Degrees, and Richard Cooper, senior writer at joe.co.uk. To answer this question, will celeb culture and media hype influence young voters enough to affect the outcome of the election? But first, let's hear from the opposition leader, Jeremy Corbyn. It's time to step up. And when I say step up, I mean register to vote. Claim your future. <laughs> Barely 40%. Of 18 to 24-year-olds normally turn out to vote. The Conservatives are more than happy with this state of affairs. Apathy and resignation will secure them seats on election day. Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party have been widely supporting celebrities during this year's general election campaign, including JME, Born in the Ends, Move Food in the Ends, Stormzy, You're getting way too big for your boots. Rag and Bone Man. I'm only human. Akala. But will celeb culture and media hype influence young voters enough to affect the outcome of the election? Indeed, that is the big question we are hoping to answer this afternoon. And for that, I have a distinct pleasure to welcome Fraser Myers of Spiked Online. Hello. Uh, Lorna Greenwood of you, well, Use Your Vote campaign, 38 Degrees, which is basically an organisation that is non-party aligned and aims to sort of encourage engagement through sort of petitions and just being sort of leading campaigns, if I may put it that way. Hello. That's correct. Um, and finally, Rich Cooper of Joe.co.uk, a Hello. entertainment platform for sort of leading platform, if anything, uh, for men on lifestyle and culture and all the rest. Hello. Hello. So... You, if you've all been listening to the show, sort of, we've been keen to talk about your youth engagement. Uh, I mean, Fraser, if I can come to you first, you know, sort of, how how are you feeling about the prospects of having this? You know, people might say youth quake. You know, propelling Corbyn into power. Um, I absolutely hate the sort of you know youth kind of mo- the attempt to sort of mobilise youth mm. as a kind of stage army for either Jeremy Corbyn or or, Bre- or against Brexit. I think it's I find it quite patronising actually. I don't think that young voters are this distinct group. I think that young voters share interests with people across the the age spectrum and, Mm. you know, I think it's really a sort of collapse of actual politics that is causing people to use demographics as a way of mobilising voters. Hmm. And then, Rich, do you agree? Is it it the politicians' fault or, you know, was it young people's fault for not caring enough? Um, I mean, I agree that I don't think you can really use youth vote as a general term. Like, if you look, the generally sort of agreed demographic is sort of 18 to 30. If you look at the differences in how you feel when you're 18 versus how you feel when you're 30, they're massive. Like, when I was 18, I was worried about going to uni, getting drunk, and just having a great time, basically. I'm 27 now. I'm getting pretty close to 30. I'm wondering, I'm on Zoopla looking at houses thinking, Christ, I can't afford any of these. What am I going to do? <laughs> so it's not necessarily useful to look at them as like a one-size-fits-all group hmm. to, answer, to answer a political question. Interesting. Because then, uh, Lorna, with 38 Degrees, um, the sort of petitions uh, that you have there, what, what interests young people? I mean, do you find it, is it all just tuition fees or is there a broader range that they can be sort of excited about? Well, um, I think um, a couple of good points have already been made about um, not um, suggesting that young people are one homogenised block. Hmm. Um, 
we find at 38 Degrees that people, um, young people support um, different political parties across the political spectrum. Um, I think there are a number of issues which come up more frequently, and those, of course, are likely to be tuition fees and things like house prices. Hmm. Um, but what, what we also find is that young people are just on the whole incredibly engaged in politics um, and that isn't what is off the image which is often portrayed in the media oh, That's interesting, so yes actually when you're talking about youth engagement, um, some people look at student politics say and you know might, might laugh to themselves uh, you know, in student unions thinking god you know how dare they take positions on Palestine and you know the Middle East process, you know look at them pontificating and all that sort of stuff I mean Rich do you think that student politics then it's a really weird thing for someone to do or should they be really saying yeah, hang on it's good to be political when you're a student you know it's great you know, kudos I, to that I mean it's definitely a good thing like hmm. yeah I mean you're young you're possibly angry there's a lot of things to learn about the world at this stage like I remember getting wound up out some very strange thing when I was at uni and now I'm sort of leveled out a bit more but it definitely got me engaged it got me thinking hmm. and uh, you know as, as time goes on like your views change like things soften like there's a thing on YouGov that says that for every 10 years older for every 10 years older a voter gets the more likely to have to vote Tory Hmm. and the less likely they are to vote Labour. So, you know, you might feel very passionately about something when you're at university, but as time goes on, like, your views change, your situation changes, and your priorities change. So, um, Do you think you've become more right-wing as you've grown up? Um, I, I don't know if I've become more right-wing. I think I've cost become... of a pint? <laughs> <laughs> Is that right-wing? Yeah. I don't know. It's fairly universal so, policy, I mean, I mean, To be fair, UKIP, I think, um, sorry to sort of mention their policy, they, I think, want to have 20% off fish and chips. So, if anything, you know, a cheaper night out with them, apparently. So, I mean, that's a populism, you know, through and through. Um, I don't know about anyone, anyone offering cheap pints, I imagine. That would be a whole new level of vote winner. But, uh, sort of, nonetheless, um, you know, Fraser, uh, do you think that there's a, how do you actually sort of get young people invo- interested then in politics? Because over the last few years, I mean, there's so many tales of you know the Clegg mania, Miller bandmate, Miller fandom, I think it was, and it all just collapses. I think the, the thing is that these sort of things like Miller fandom, Clegg mania, and even you know grime for Corbyn at this election, these are media inventions. They're hmm. fun stories that you know people in the media bubble like to talk about but i don't think no it's i'm not against it i think it's i think it's all good fun Hmm. but will it translate into votes i don't think so i think young people actually you know if we want to get young people engaged in politics then they need to be something on the table that is genuinely inspiring and i don't think the sort of two dead main parties actually offer that you Hmm. know for all the supposed excitement around corbyn i think it's you know a rehashing of a lot of old hits from the 80s. There isn't really mm. a new politics on offer, and maybe that will get young people But I mean, how, how do you really inspire them? Because there's surely a paradox where maybe there are smaller parties that answer this, and obviously we will actually be interviewing representatives from the smaller parties later, like the Pirate Party and the Young People's Party, but then they won't get any attention, so people don't really know they're there. Mm. I suppose is- maybe um, you could turn it around and say, what the hell are young people doing, and why aren't they getting out there and shaping politics in the way in which they want to, you know, in the way in which they want to see the future, Hmm. instead of relying on these sort of dead parties that you know, are not going to serve their interests, or Hmm. they don't serve the interests of anyone, quite frankly, not just I mean, Lorna, how can politics serve young people's interests more then? Uh, well, I think what we've seen, um, and I would disagree with Fraser slightly, is that um, when there have been moments of real political change and also where an option has been put up of true sort of vision um, and excitement, young people come to politics in their droves. Um, and so I think it's really a challenge for the main political parties to um, 
offer young people a meaningful way to get involved in politics and really that's what 38 degrees does um, whether that's by taking part in campaigns which can actually change the political landscape or whether it's feeling part of a movement so that they actually feel that this political world is um is as welcoming to them hmm. um, as it is to other people. I mean, I'm sorry to be sort of an utter sort of uh, devil's advocate, bore, call me whatever you want, but with 38 Degrees, there's a stereotype with sort of uh, petition websites that perhaps that you write them, you, you think you've saved the world, you've, you know, combated global warming, you defeated Trump, but he's still there. Global warming is still going on. It, they change nothing, some people might say. I mean, what, what petitions have you, have you guys been up to that have actually changed things, that got results? So actually, um, there are many examples I can think of in, in recent times. Your where best three. Your best, yeah. um, so one that's happened quite recently is um, we campaigned to stop uh, Ineos, the chemical company, fracking in Sherwood Forest, and that petition mm. got over half, uh, sorry, over a quarter of a million people signing it. And as a result, they've changed their plans. Mm. And um, if you're at all interested in environmental campaigning, you know how difficult it is to get um, uh, oil companies and chemical companies to change. Um, so that's a real. Um, that really demonstrates impact and then we also so we run big national campaigns but also there's an opportunity for individuals and young people as well to set up campaigns that they run themselves hmm. and there's been a number of examples where um where those campaigns have been successful so for example uh we had one recently which was a boy called um lewis who was age 12 and he set up a campaign to save his library in cornwall and was successful hmm. um but i would also say that 38 degrees isn't just a petition site often people come to us three petitions that might be the first way they hear about us yes but they often end up doing so much more and i think um what we've been doing in the general election is a key example of that in two constituencies we've got massive ground campaigns um to increase people to turn out to vote and that means that people who haven't necessarily been involved in politics at all before are going on knock- knocking on people's doors encouraging mm. them to vote and if you think about the journey that it takes to get someone from not being politically engaged to doing that I think that that's what 38 Degrees is bringing, bringing to the political environment, and I think that's what political parties need to think more about. Hmm. I think, um, obviously, some of them are trying to increase their engagement. I mean, uh, obviously, momentum has sprung up to help sort of Jeremy Corbyn. Mm-hmm. And sort of, Rich, do you think that's a great movement in that way? It's a sort of grassroots activism at work? or oh, It's pretty risky to go around saying momentum's a great thing, isn't it? I don't want to get lynched on Twitter. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, no, I mean, but where do you sort of stand in the sense of how to, what, what the parties are really doing? Because obviously... Um, I mean, the Tories, I, I don't think, well, they've got the activists. Um, you know, maybe they, uh, members, I think, might be sort of dying faster than they can replace them. But, you know, nonetheless, it's, mm. they're, they're struggling to appeal to young people in that way. Uh, the Tories, I mean, well, they don't have to, do they? Like, well, they had to shut down their youth wing recently, um, sort of, after all, yeah, all sorts. So. like, young people aren't interested in the Tories at the moment. Like, hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that. I'll put it another way, then. The Tories don't have to rely on young people. Like, they're, mm. they're by far and away, the most popular party with... Yeah, voters over 60 um, they don't have to rely on young people coming to them so they don't really need that but side of it I, I'm also n- not sure that's true either oh, go um, on. <laughs> so one well, of my challenge is that um, we said that we shouldn't homogenise young people into one block and I think mm. in um, amongst young people um, there'll be a variety of political beliefs and some of those will be conservative and will be, and will be proud to be that and mm. also I think the important thing about democracy is I think most people would agree that young people um, deserve to be represented and that's why it's important to get them voting but it's also important for the democracy of our country habit is vote forming so if people don't start voting early they're less, less likely to do it in the future mm. um, and all political parties 
need people to be voting in the future. So they, so, they, so we all depend on, on um, young people getting involved to, to protect our democracy. Yeah, it's interesting. Because yeah. um, if I can, I have to sort of start bringing this to a close. And so in that case, if I could ask you all for your sort of final points on this theme of uh, young people, um, and maybe just to sort of remind ourselves of uh, what we're looking at. Um, there's research from, I think it's ICM, that said about 60% of young people are set to sort of vote tomorrow. Um, the National Centre for sort of Economic and Social Research from John Curtis's lot, they put it about 50% in that way. Um, and so it's not looking too sort of uh, bright and shiny for you know young people being involved. I mean, Fraser, what would you have to say amid all this debate? Um, I think one of the strangest things is the idea that young people, are, as you said, are, are all progressive. But I, I'm, it really worries me that there are lots of older people trying to appeal to young people to save us from the Tories or hmm. save us from Brexit. And the Do you think there are some that, shy Mayites among the young people then? Uh, probably. I yeah. mean, I'd be shy if I was, you know, strongly Quietly saying, strong and stable. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the flip, the flip side to this, you know, adoration of the young is hmm. really the demonisation of the old. And that's something that's really been clear post-Brexit. And I think it's been clear in the run-up to this campaign that people talk about the selfish old people, you know, thinking of themselves as if they don't care about their kids and their grandkids. Hmm. And, you know, we should be engaging old people and convincing older people. I mean, it's harder work because they have a bit more experience and they're probably a bit smarter than the young people. But, you know, they're worth convincing too. Hmm. I mean, Rich, what would you say then? Is your take-home lesson? Um, I would say that the polls can say anything you like. All that matters is whoever turns out on uh, on Thursday and actually gets on and does it like Jeremy Corbyn I sort of agree with b- both points that were made earlier that he doesn't necessarily represent anything anything new but what he represents is something that's different hmm. um, whether that's good or bad for the parliamentary Labour Party then you know that's up to them but doesn't matter if you don't turn out and vote so that's what you've got to do of course all right and then finally Lorna uh, so um, one million young people have registered to vote um, which I think is an exciting statistic and so I would say that it seems like that table might, those tables might be starting to turn um, and if it's true that hundreds of thousands of additional young people are going out to vote this election then um, I think you don't want to miss out on that you want to be part of that movement um, and I also think that um, sometimes it's easy to feel like your vote isn't, doesn't mean anything but actually there's what happens in this election but there's also what happens to politicians when they see huge numbers of people voting um, and if those hundreds of thousands of people go out to vote that means that young people are going to be taken much more seriously in politics so I, I would say don't get FOMO and miss out um, and also <laughs> your vote is meaningful don't get FOMO YOLO you know sort of <laughs> go I mean I, I suddenly oh no god I'm having nightmares now I was thinking to end up as uh, remembering Hillary Clinton saying how about we Pokemon go to the polls and <laughs> I mean on that sort of massive cringeworthy joke I do apologise I shall wind up the debate thank you very much Rich Cooper Lorna Greenwood and Fraser Myers thank you thank you and so, coming up next, I will be speaking to Mark Chapman from the Pirate Party and Thomas Hall from the Young People's Party. Politics on FUBAR will be straight back with you after this short break. In the 2015 general election, the gap between old voters and young voters was massive. 43% of 18 to 24-year-olds went to the polls, compared with 78% of people aged 65 or over, according to polls. Non-voters outnumbered the supporters of every single party in 2015. In 1992, the gap was just 12 percentage points. Then, 63% of 18 to 24-year-olds voted. The old aren't voting more now, but the young are voting far, far less. More than 2 million people have applied to vote in the month since Theresa May announced she wanted to hold a snap general election on the 8th of June. 
and the number of young people registering is the highest of any age group. Fubar Radio presents. Fubar Radio presents politics on Fubar. Welcome back to Politics on FUBAR. I'm Asa Bennett. And uh, if you've been enjoying this show, feel free to sort of weigh in with your thoughts on uh, youth engagement, young voters. Uh, tweet us at FUBAR Radio or email politics at FUBARradio.com. Finally, and last and certainly not least, uh, you know, it's my pleasure to invite some you know, lesser known parties uh, to the forum. I have in the studio Mark Chapman from the Pirate Party, candidate for Vauxhall. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And finally, Thomas Hall from the Young People's Party, who is standing in Epping Forest. Hello. Good afternoon. And, uh, well, first off, I, I'm sort of interested. Oh, well, gentlemen, with your platforms, you know, sort of the Pirate Party first, do you, what is your elevator pitch to voters? Why should they vote for you? Is it just because you like Jack Sparrow? What is it? What, what is the, the differential for voting Pirate? Um, so we're not, we're not a party about Cutlasses and Jack Sparrow, unfortunately, oh, for, for people. Um, but no, we're very much a party of freedom, both freedom mm. online as well as offline. Mm. We believe... Like Pirate Radio in that sense. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So we were uh, originated from uh, the Swedish Pirate Party mm. back in 2006, which came out of the recognition that actually in a digital world, in an interconnected internet world, we need to do politics differently and we need to do politics in a way that works um, for this new medium. Mm. Um, so we really believe in kind of a big focus on digital rights, mm. on recognition of what your rights online should be. Mm. Um, and particularly one of the things that's really caught people's attention in this election has been our campaign uh, against warrantless blanket mass surveillance. Mm. And is that your sort of doorstep uh, campaign issue, in a sense? Assuming you've been knocking on doors in Vauxhall then? Uh, yes. Uh, it's, it's not the only thing, but mm. it's the one that's seemingly been getting most traction with people uh, in this election. I think the events in Manchester and, and London Bridge, mm. people recognise that actually the way that we're responding to mm. terror incidents isn't the right one. And actually, what do we need to be doing? And what can we be doing differently? And what mm. should we be doing? Interesting. And then, so, Thomas, what about, what's the Young People's Party, sort of USP, then? Well, so, you know, we, we see... Every party is the Young People's Party, <laughs> hip and happening, surely? No. Well, maybe. Um, but, <laughs> no, so, so our elevator pitch really is uh, about giving people um, higher disposable incomes and lower house prices. Hmm. And I guess, you know, every, every election can be seen a bit like, um, you know, sort of big poll where we all put down what the most important issue is for us. Hmm. And, you know, if your most important issue is digital rights then vote for the pirate party you know if if it's uh is this a sort of alliance i hear no, in well, the no, no, but I, I support you know the, the pirate party's goals i don't hmm. think they're necessarily the most important thing but you know if you do then that's that's the way that we get these measures across hmm. but if if you think that um high house prices and the way that we're taxed on our productivity is the biggest issue for you, then mm. vote for the Young People's Party. But then, uh, for your manifesto, there's one word that intrigues me, which you describe yourself as a Georgist party. What, um, what does that mean, exactly? Well, so, there, there are a number of ways that people put ists and isms on things. Hmm. Um, the, the first chap who, who really made a very compelling and publicly known case for our policies, which are, just briefly, to replace taxation from productivity and put it onto uh, ownership of monopoly, hmm. in principally land, uh, were made by uh, a chap called Henry George. And his book, uh, when he wrote it at the end of the 19th century, I think was the, the best-selling um, US book ever. Hmm. And he was almost elected mayor of New York, and he spawned a huge number of different movements around the world. 
and our policies really are very similar to his policies and the issues that he was writing about are the same as they are today hmm. Hmm. that's very interesting because then mark um when you're on the campaign trail i, I take it you've been going to hustings and yep. facing other candidates i mean do you feel are people coming up to you very much or are they just listening to labor's kate hoey and the lib dem chap i've forgotten his name but yeah, nonetheless so they you getting much uh, a yes. good reception i mean it's you know certainly it's been Boxholes a particularly interesting seat in some ways, um, mm. given the Kate Hoey Brexit dynamic. Yes, um, is the Pirate Party pro Brexit or anti? It's something that we would. It, we don't have a particular view on. It's very much one that we felt you oh. could could take either way. Fine. Um, and individual members took different views. Uh, and as a party, we recognise we're not going to be in government. We can't you know, say we will do this. Hmm. Um, but we doesn't stop the Liberal Democrats from trying. <laughs> Not for me to comment on other people's. Uh, Fine, no, of course, approach. of course. But, uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're very much saying, look, whatever happens, these are the important things that we, we care about. And actually, in a, in a modern world, geography matters less than it ever used to in mm. terms of how we connect and trade and interact with the rest of the world. Mm. Um, and we're very much, a, as I said, a party of freedom, and that means openness, um, and openness to the whole world. So it's kind of how do we do that? And because obviously, with, with um, as a sort of uh, going against the grain as a minor party, um, you know, people sort of might be tempted to scoff. But actually, there have been great successes over the last decades with, with you know insurgent parties coming in. And you know, I, I say that, I say the name, and I apologise. Uh, you know, if you seem implicitly to be compared to it, UKIP. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they would argue they've been you know one of the greatest uh, intellectual influencers on politics over the last few decades because now they've made Brexit fashionable in the sense they were banging on before it was mm-hmm. cool. They were the Brexit at hipsters in that sense I mean do you feel the Pirate Party are they ahead of a curve and anything do you think you, your sort of ideas are being nicked by other people is there a sort of magpie thing going on with other parties stealing what they like best um, certainly we've seen a, quite a few of the in the conversations we've had with particularly with other candidates hmm. um, from other parties where we're standing and, and elsewhere actually that go actually yeah that's a really good policy we ought to put that in place hmm. um, and that's something that we've seen with you know, the Greens and some of the elements of the Labour came out with a, a digital element to their manifesto at some point, which took an, a few of the policies that, that we're putting in place. Hmm. But one of the things that we're saying is actually these are sufficiently important. They've, they've not done that when they've had the chance in the past. So hmm. you know, vote for a party that, that will put that front and centre. And more importantly, has the expertise and the knowledge to do it the right way. Yes. And obviously, because if there is a... It's, you don't necessarily have to even win, as we know now, with no. sort of you know, UKIP and Lib Dems yeah. and all the rest. Just a good result. You know, can get pe- people go, what the hell is that party? I must research it and look up their policies. And there's a like snowballing effect. snowballing effect. effect yeah. I mean, at the same point with the Young People's Party, I mean, what, do you feel you've made any headway recently, even just, you know, in the political weather, people talking more about young people now, thanks to you? Sort of, are they, what would you say has been happening for you guys? Well, well so I'm not sure any, you know, we can take any credit for, for the on. importance of the issues yeah. that are becoming more and more important. And now, uh, this, this house ownership thing, it, it, it just bears spelling out that mm. 30 years ago, you know, almost everyone could buy their own house. Okay, it was about 60%. Um, there was a huge amount of council housing available for others that couldn't mm. buy their own home. And the, the amount of people who were renting privately was very small. I mean, I think it dropped down to about 10% at its lowest. Mm. Now, less than 20% of young people, and by young, I think we're even saying that under 35, or under 40, which is... Um, not necessarily that that young, really, hmm. um, can't afford to buy their own homes. And, and this is not getting any better. It's not like housing is getting cheaper every day today. Hmm. Um, and so the topics that we're trying to bring to the forefront kind of are being brought to the forefront by um, just circumstance. I would say that the solution to those problems um, 
while it has had uh, you know, illustrious supporters in the past, definitely isn't as mainstream as it could, and we are doing our best to, to make it more so. Mm. And so... Um How's the campaign going in Epping Forest? I mean, uh, is it sort of... I, I'm trying to remember. I was trying to remember who is the incumbent MP Enna Lang, the deputy there we speaker go. Um, yes. for the Conservative Party. She has been MP there for 20 years. It has never not been a Conservative seat in its yes. entire history. Um, and at the hustings, the message of uh, reducing house prices by 60% went down like a lead balloon, really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's very brave of you then to tell it to them that way. You know, sort of, we, you need cheaper, sort of less wealth, you know, inherited. No, no, we, don't, we, we want more wealth. We yes. just don't want... But the sitting on piles of cash are investments. We, 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 don't, yeah. we don't see wealth being tied up in land, which has been there for billions of years, mm. as a productive use of it. Um, and we think that it cripples our economy competitively internationally. And I think it also screw, screws young people out of their future. Hmm. Um, I mean, the message, the message of low house prices actually should be a good one to everybody who doesn't own more than one house. Hmm. Um, even if you own more than one house, there's, there's a chance, actually, that you know, you've probably got more than one child or whatever. So, um, yes, people get scared by the headline of house prices falling. But actually, hmm. it does benefit most people. But then if I can ask, um, I know it's terribly, it's not terribly British to talk about money, uh, sort of, you know, at the dinner table or sort of otherwise, but people might be wondering, listening to, you know, the Young People's Party, the Pirate Party, how are you guys funded? Because the stereotype is, with the Conservatives, it's, you know, wealthy, sort of kindly businessmen, the city, <laughs> and Labour is the unions, you know, and obviously they both have, you know, a bit of sort of rich, uh, well, wealthy individuals. But who the, the answer is we're not, we're not really funded. I mean, we, we have membership fees of £12 a year, which currently gets you very little. Hmm. Um, we have had the odd nice little donation I think we had had one a couple of days ago where someone said love your manifesto here's 100 quid hmm. and, ah, thanks very much but broadly speaking we, we don't really have any funding and, and again the really sad thing is is that the people that really are our, our demographic um, are too busy working paying rent paying tax hmm. to have any free time to think about this stuff or free money to to lobby um, for policies to change. Hmm. And how about the Pirate Party? What's keeping the lights on in the HQ? <laughs> um, if only we were wealthy enough to have an HQ as well, rather than individuals. <laughs> um, as an online party, we've kind of you know, we're doing a, a crowdfunder at the moment. Hmm. Um, please go online and support us if you like what, what we're saying. Um, and you know we have you know people contribute in, in Bitcoin has been quite popular. Hmm. Um, again, linking in with what we're we're saying on the digital side, but also we've got uh, a fairly wide base of people. So yes, we 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 do have quite a lot of you know. Someone on our our head, technological person's actually a you know, a sixteen year old currently doing his GCSEs. Hmm. Um, but from that, we also got people that have been in in tech and IT for for donkey's years. Um, so we have a few people that have been in this election very generous hmm. um, to help support the party and help it go. You know, help us stand the ten candidates that we are standing hmm. oh, okay, across the country. There's a, what they're sort of similarly keen about digital rights and yeah. you know yeah that's interesting all right well thank you so much for running through these things as a final question obviously just a bit of a um i, I, I was about to sort of ponder let's say you know given the election and politics is a fast moving place let's say that you were suddenly found yourselves in positions to you know really get in stuck in with like coalition negotiations in a hung parliament in that way um you know you might think that may not have happened you know this week in this week's election but let's be ambitious you know in five years time <laughs> who knows you know momentum may build up you know i want to get this get these lines in the sand here Young People's Party. What 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 were your tactics? Where would you? What department would you be wanting to be involved with? What would be your price to being involved? Where would you want to be getting stuck in? in we're, government? we're part of campaigning for tax reform, so mm. anything treasury, finance, I guess, and and any move to reduce taxation on economic output, VAT being probably mm. our prime 
area. Of, Would you uh, be keen, just as keen to work with Labour as the Conservatives? Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not bothered. I mean, ultimately, I think our, our policy goals should meet mm. the goals of all the parties, really, and that's greater prosperity and opportunity for all. Hmm. And then, Mark, Mark, what about the Pirate Party? Where would they... Uh... Uh, so I think, you know, if I had a, had a free choice, then it would be taking that area of expertise in, in the digital arena, in the internet and mm. technology side, um, mm. and ideally something, you know, change something like the Technology Select Committee would be, if a, as a bank backbencher, one of the most influential places that one can be, I think. Well, you've, you've heard it here first, you know, sort of uh, look out for sort of politics in, you know, five, ten years' time. We shall have to see. Sort of, this may age very well as an interview, I'll have to say. <laughs> thank you very much, Mark Chapman from the Pirate Party and Thomas Hall, the Young People's Party. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so, um, this brings me to the end of the show and uh, all I just have to say is, you know, Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. As we look forward to the election um, and uh, people, young people thinking about whether Jeremy Corbyn will be the one who can you know, save them from Tory government, or maybe there'll be some Tories who you know, might sort of outfox them. We shall have to see. I think there's appropriate to end with a, a lovely song from Corbyn the Musical uh, called You Needed a Hero, You Got Corbyn. And now at least to say goodbye. Tune in next week. <laughs> This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. Go to foobarradio.com for more details. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.